when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode, along with every episode this season, is brought to you by our sponsor, KFC. So I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors' 112-99 win over the Detroit Pistons, and I got to say... You know, as much fun it is to beat, you know, Dwayne Casey and the Pistons and, you know, everything like that. This is a costly, costly win, man. This is uh, shades of that New Orleans win where you have two key guys go down to injury in a win against a team that otherwise is not that good. Like, I don't know, the Pistons, I mean, weirdly enough, they, they've, they've been a pretty good offensive club this season, uh, you didn't really notice it much tonight against a real defense like the Raptors. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll start with the bad stuff and go with the positives. Because there's a lot of positives to talk about this game. I mean, a lot of guys had good performances. And, again, it's always fun to beat Dwayne Casey. Um, but early in the game, Marcus All goes down. And I have to characterize it as a, as a washed injury. Um, you know, not to joke about the situation because, you know, I love Mark. We all love Mark. He has been incredibly vital to the success of the Raptors this year. I know the numbers don't necessarily jump off the page, but we all understand how crucial he is on both ends of the floor in terms of what he brings. But uh, it was a bit of a washed injury, man. I'm not going to lie because it's just a guy running back in transition. Raptors, I think they turned the ball over. It became a 3-1 fast break. And honestly, there was no chance that Mark was even going to really deter the play because it's a 3-1 fast break. But Mark's just trying to run back, and uh, he pulls his hamstring, and he puts his hand up, and immediately asks to check out the game, and he doesn't return from there. Um, you hate to see non-contact injuries. I don't think it's something wild like a knee or anything like that, but still, you don't want to screw around with your hamstring, um, especially when you're 34 year old like Marcus Saul, who has pretty much played like, what, 12 straight months of basketball between what he did in the summertime and also the Raptors winning the championship. That was great. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully it's nothing too serious for Mark. Uh, Nick Nurse did not have much of an update on Mark after the game. Um, but Mark was seen limping in the locker room. So that's that's not great. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he's older. So, you know, who knows how long it's going to take to heal. Hopefully it doesn't take too long. But if I had to guess, I would say a couple of weeks. Um but, uh, you know, we'll see. Again, the Raptors are going to conduct more tests tomorrow when they return back to Toronto. So that sucked. They played the majority game without Mark. Mark only had, uh, let me just see here, Mark played eight minutes. So that that's unfortunate. Uh, he had two steals in that time. He, uh, you know, as always, excellent in the post against Drummond and uh, against Blake Griffin. But, again, they, the man had a washed injury. And so, uh, you know, I've had that injury, honestly. I've had that injury playing Scorsese. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it, it sucks. Hopefully Mark's okay. But then the the more serious one, in the fourth quarter there, end of the game, really, the Raptors kind of already had it in the bag, I would say. And the play has Norman Powell trailing, I forget which one of the Pistons, like garbage shooters, whoever it was, maybe Tony Snell, whatever, 
Uh, and Blake Griffin sets a screen. Now, it's a hard screen, but it's a legal screen. Like, there was nothing dirty about it. It wasn't even a moving screen. He just stood there. And Blake Griffin is, like, one giant bicep. So, uh, you know, Norm runs flushed into Blake Griffin and uh, goes down immediately holding a shoulder. He stays down for the whole possession. The Pistons are playing four on five in that, or five on four in the whole possession. Somehow they still miss. Like, Blake Griffin had a wide open three, and then I think Bruce Brown had the offensive rebound for a putback, and he missed that too. And the Raptors got the rebound, and they finally called timeout. But, uh, yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks. And then Norm apparently had a shoulder in a sling after the game and this is the left shoulder that he hurt last year as well norm missed um 21 games in in, in 2018 after uh, suffering a separation in his shoulder in his left shoulder so it's the same area hopefully it's not the same injury um but yeah last time that happened he was slated to miss four to six weeks and he missed 21 games in total so you know, right in that four to six week timeline. So hopefully Norma's okay. He's it's such an unfortunate time for when they get hurt because Norma's been balling of late. I mean, um, you know, shout out my guy Assad, who's coming on the podcast after this actually. Um, the slander god, but he you know he tweeted out that like in the last nine games, Norma Powell was averaging like twenty points a game with like five rebounds and a couple of assists and shooting like fifty percent from the field and forty percent from three just like excellent numbers all around and he's been honestly the main factor in the Raptors winning a lot of these games of late especially with his scoring in in, in the absence of Fred Van Bleed and and Norm was playing so well that you know Nurse was even talking about you know hey I might change up the starting lineup and I don't know if he would have actually followed through with it I don't know if he was just saying that to say that but whatever but you know obviously that question is sort of put on hold until later because even though Fred is very close to returning and and probably will come back um, on Friday when the Raptors play the Wizards, uh, Norm, with the way his shoulder looked and everything like that and how bad that injury looked and whatever, and the fact that there's past history on that shoulder, that could be a more long-term issue. And that just sucks because Norm Powell, it's, it's always the same story with him. He gets into a role, he gets some things break right for him, and then something breaks with him. And it's just unfortunate. It really is because he's been playing the best basketball career. So, um, you know, fingers crossed for both Mark and for for Norm. Hopefully they're okay. Um, But, yeah, it sucked because in a game like this, I'd rather have a loss than to lose those two guys. Um, So that's unfortunate. Hopefully they're okay. As for the rest of the Raptors, they played a pretty good game, I got to say. You know, a pretty determined game. The Pistons, there wasn't a blowout in this game by any means. Uh, the Pistons stayed within striking distance. You know, Dwayne Casey's teams, they, they play hard in regular season uh, and they get swept in the playoffs. But, you know, they play hard in the regular season. They gave great effort. And they stuck through it tonight. Like, the, the Pistons really did. They, they stuck it through. Like, the Raptors, they had a, this they had this ridiculous first half where they, where they scored 70 points. But from there on, the Pistons' defense really did clamp down. The second half, the Raptors only scored, what, 26 points in the third quarter and then 16 in the fourth quarter. You know, so you, you go from 70 points to 42 in the second half big difference there and you know the Pistons I don't know I mean they 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 find a way to score somehow I don't know like for a while it was Christian Wood who was dominating and then Christian Wood got hurt and he left the game and then Derrick Rose got a couple baskets here and there and he you know banged his head twice and probably forgot two more letters of the alphabet and like you know man I, I don't know this Pistons team was just was decent you know they they stuck with it and obviously the Raptors weren't at their full strength you know they didn't have all their guys um, 
and uh, it was it was a bit of a slog at times, but um, you know, I, I think what what two of the biggest things that determined this game one, the Pistons shot six of twenty thirty five from the field uh, from the three point line six of thirty five. That's seventeen percent. Uh, you're just not going to win a lot of games shooting seventeen percent um, in the modern NBA. The Pistons got a couple of good looks too, and guys like um, you know. Marquise Morris and Langston Galloway and Svi Mihailuk and all these other guys are actually not bad shooters. Like Tony Snell has actually been shooting above 40% this year. And, of course, Tony Snell has killed the Raptors in the past because, you know, he was a member of the Bulls. Um, but tonight, Tony Snell, 1 of 8 from the from the three-point line. Blake Griffin, 1 of 5. Luke Kennard, 2 of 4. But usually he gets more than four attempts. Raptors did a pretty good job defending him there. Uh, shout out Norm on that one. Um, Bruce Brown, one of two, whatever. But Marquise Morris, 0 of 4. 0 of 4 from Derrick Rose. 1 of 6 from Langston. And 0 of 2 from Speed Mahalik. So they only got one three-point basket off the bench. And I think, honestly, that was a big factor in the Raptors winning this game. But also, you know, the Raptors also won this game because they were so clinical in terms of their transition offense. Um, the Raptors this year, a large part of their success has been how good um, and how efficient they are in terms of transition. You know, before all the injuries and things like that, or before um, Kyle and Serge came back, the Raptors were number one in the league uh, in in, in terms of, uh, you know, fast break points. And also, um, you know, they were were up there in terms of points per possession in the fast break. Uh, They haven't been as fast since um, those guys have come back. Obviously, they play tougher competition, who play you know tougher defense. But you know this this game is a good reminder that when the Raptors can score in transition, they're going to put up huge numbers. And and honestly, the Raptors didn't even shoot the ball that well on the whole tonight. They shot like what forty two percent from the field overall. But they got a lot of their offense just by just playing fast. And I thought the biggest factor in that was Kyle Lowry, who played an awesome, awesome, awesome game. This is like you know peak Kyle Lowry in terms of. When he's on, when he's locked in, when the game is, you know, coming to him like that, he has his, you know, fingers on every single possession, and he just controls the whole game. Like, tonight, you look at the box score. It does not lie here, man. 20 points for Kyle Lowry, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 steals, a block, 3 triples in 39 minutes, plus 15 in that time. First off, Kyle loves to get up and play the Pistons. Um, you know, he had a, he had a 30-point effort against the Pistons last year. Uh, you know, especially with Dwayne Casey on that side. You know, Kyle wants to get up there and, and do some things to uh, to, to good old Case. Um, but, um, yeah, Kyle was great tonight, especially pushing the fast break early in the game. Uh, the first first half of the game was much more free-flowing. second half was much more of a grinded-out, you know, uh, slugfest, you know, training possessions and a half-court, things like that. Uh, first half, though, the Raptors really did get out in transition, and Kyle was the main driver with that, you know, uh, you know, kicking it ahead to OG, who was great in the first half, uh, kicking it out to head to uh, Pascal, working the pick and roll with Surge. I mentioned, you know, one of the positives coming out of that Cavs game, which was just a terrible game otherwise, was that Kyle and Ibaka got a couple of pick and roll combinations off. And it's like, hey, maybe that can work. You know, uh, yeah, we'll see against a legitimate NBA competition eventually because the Cavs are, you know, just there to collect a check. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if it works. But, hey, you know, the Ibaka-Lowry combination and the pick and roll I've said in the past, it should be good for about 10 points a game. It's probably good for 10 points a game tonight. Uh, they were definitely uh, in lockstep. And I thought Kyle just was excellent all around. You know, when the Raptors get in the fast break, um, Kyle was usually in the, in, in the middle of that. And it, didn't ever, it never really made sense to me that with Kyle coming back, that would slow down the team. If anything, Kyle is the one that's keeping the team going and going and going. Um, so I, I think he's really found his rhythm. I, th- I thought, honestly, 
the game against Brooklyn, that was a, a really good, measured, controlled game from Lowry. Last uh, last game against Cleveland, same kind of deal. And tonight, same deal. Uh, all three of those games, he's had high assist numbers. I think, you know, the Raptors are kind of in trouble when Kyle has those, like, four assists, five assist nights. And, and and whereas when they have, like, ten assists from Kyle, it's a sign that he's in control. Um, he's feeding the right guys. He's working, working around the main guys like Pascal, who has, you know, really come to life in the last couple of games here. And, of course, when Pascal can be the number one guy, then Kyle can settle into number two guy. Um, and, and be good. And honestly, you know, w- one of the things that Kyle has done since coming back is like, yo, Kyle on the bench. It's it's happening again. And it, it happens all the time. And it's happening yet again. You know, Kyle with the bench. And he's getting random pieces of work with, man. Like, okay, Ibaka's usually there. And he can usually work the pick and roll with Ibaka for a good shot. But it's like, McCaw will get in there. Terrence Davis will get in there. Rondé will get in there. You know, weirdly enough, OG will show up. And then Norm will show up. And then Boucher. And it's like... All these random combinations. Rondé Hollis Jefferson got some minutes as well tonight. You just never know. You never know. But Kyle somehow makes it all work. Um, and, you know, that's the Kyle Lowry we know and love. So Kyle had a great game. I thought Pascal had a really nice game tonight. Um, 26 points, 10 of 23 shooting from the field, 6 of 11 from 3. Uh, two things with Pascal. So, one, he was hot, really, really hot early in the game. Um, he hit three threes to begin the game, and that's usually a good sign for Pascal. If he hits his first couple of jumpers, then you probably know. Like, he's going to have a, a nice night. He's going to put up a lot of points, and he's going to engage throughout. Uh, you know, I, I wish it wasn't necessarily the case that he needed to hit a couple of jumpers to maintain his uh, confidence, but it's also natural. You know what I mean? When you start hitting shots, you start wanting to hit more shots. Uh, but yeah, Pascal hit three threes in the first quarter, um, including one where it was like four seconds left, uh, last possession of the quarter. Raptors had like four seconds left. It mounted the ball. Pascal lifts up to the top of the floor, and I forget who was guarding him, but Pascal just rose up and, and splashed the three. I think six threes also might be his career high. Uh, I know he's hit a five a couple of times this year and also last year. Uh, six is definitely a nice number to see from Pascal. And honestly, if, if Pascal's in six threes, I don't know what you do against them, really, because, like, you know, the Pistons did a really good job of shutting off the paint, and they had the personnel to do so. You know, Blake Griffin is is a, is a brick wall in there, and then, of course, Drummond is, is an actual uh, rim-protecting presence, you know. It, it's not always that he's a effective rim-protector in the sense that his instincts aren't always good and doesn't always give great effort, but... If he's there and if he's jumping and if he's giving effort, he is a very, very effective shot blocker. And we saw that tonight in the fourth quarter where Pascal came out the high screen, took off down the lane, rose up with two hands, tried to finish strong over Drummond and just got blocked. And, um, yeah, you know, so I, I thought, honestly, Pascal, when he hits jumpers like this, it's 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 over. I said in the last podcast, like, if he hits jumpers, it's, it's over for you. Um, you know, it's still a bit of a question for me as to, well not a bit it's it's a big question for me as to how Pascal's gonna get his offense if he's not getting to that spin move which he got to one time in the post today against Tony Snell but for the most part it, it wasn't like he was dominating in the post if he's not getting to that spin move in the post and if he's not hitting his outside jumper which sometimes it happens it really does um then what is he doing for you in the half court offense and and that's where there's a bit of question because you look at it two things stick out for this box score the fact that he took 11 three-pointers He's good. I mean, he hit six of them. That's a very efficient night. But at the same time, most nights you don't want Pascal shooting 11 jumpers, plus the fact that he took a couple mid-range ones, a couple of those are ill-advised. So that stands out. And also, he took zero free throws. And this is becoming more and more of an issue, man. Pascal, so I looked it up. There's like, you know, out of the top 18 scorers in the NBA, Pascal is about 15th, just a bit over Andrew Wiggins. 
Nobody else in the NBA scores more than 25 points a game and averages less than free th- five free throw attempts per game. And it's especially strange because Pascal's not one of those guys who gets to 25 points like a Kemba Walker by shooting a bunch of jumpers and so maybe doesn't get fouled. Like, Pascal's going into the paint, and he's trying to score. But also, I also don't think it's, like, one of those weird referee conspiracy things because it's, like, A, Pascal spins away from the contact a lot. He's actually trying to play away from the contact, which is never going to earn you free throws. And, B, I just don't think that he's doing enough in terms of, like, faking people out, uh, you know, putting people in bad positions. You know, like, the way DeMar used to just, like, get the up fake and then, like, jump into a guy or whatever. He's not doing any of that stuff. Which is good in a sense because he's not wasting possessions trying to bail people out. Because honestly, half the time, you know, DeMar did for a pump fake and then jumped into the guy. And then he would miss the jumper and the call wouldn't come. And then he would yell at the referee up on the floor and then wouldn't get back in transition. Like, at least that stuff's not happening. Um, at least not to the same degree as it did with DeRozan. But, you know, there just isn't that savvy, that natural, like... I'm going to draw contact and whatever. And, you know, Pascal takes a lot of contact. So but it's weird because it, it is cutting down on his efficiency. On a night like tonight where, you know, he's hitting six threes and he's shooting 10 of 23 from the field. If he gets a couple more free throws, this is easy, a 30-point game. And if it's a 30-point game from Pascal, then maybe it's a blowout a little bit earlier. Maybe it's a blowout a little bit earlier. You could cut down on some of the minutes for guys like Kyle who played 39 tonight. Who knows? But, you know it's again i think it's, it's an area of development that he can work on i think one thing that could really help him i mean you know it, it, whatever you don't always have to just like bait people for free throws i would rather him get those honestly i don't want to see you know harden ball or whatever but uh or lou williams ball even but like you know i would like to see pascal in terms of just like if he can sharpen his handle so he can dribble into tighter spaces and put people into uh, under pump pressure. Like, for example, that's what Jimmy Butler does a really good job of, is that he, he really dribbles and gets into spots where it's painful for the defense, and defenders are usually jumping on her or whatever, and that's how he draws contact and stuff like that. I, I think if Pascal sharpens his uh, handle, he can get into the tighter spaces. Right now, his handle is good, but not necessarily good enough to you know weave in and out of traffic and draw contact that way. Or Pascal, you know, bulks up just a little bit, and so he can sort of like play that Blake Griffin game of sort of bumping and, and, and going through people and getting foul calls that way. Um, but on the whole, really nice night for Pascal. The six threes is amazing, especially since the fact that he hit two threes in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, and, and one that that really just did seal the game. So uh, I liked what I saw from Pascal. I liked what I saw from OG. Uh, a lot of it came in the first half. Uh, he didn't really sustain it into the second half, which you would want to see from him. But um, you can't complain for 19 points from OG and Obi in 35 minutes, 7 to 12 uh, from the field. Um, OG also played a lot of crucial key defense. Now, OG and Pascal were both in foul trouble. The referees were really on one tonight. Um, the Raptors got caught for 20 fouls. Pascal had five. OG had four. Pascal and Kyle got technical fouls. Drummond and Blake Griffin got technical fouls. Like, it was just a whole thing. And, of course, a couple guys get injured, too. You know, you look at Wood. You know, Derrick Rose hitting his head. Um, you know, his his uh, SAT is going to be like 300 now. Um, and, you know, you got uh, you, you got Norm getting hurt and also Marcus Hall. Like, it's just unfortunate. And it, the game just really felt like undisciplined, whatever. But Siakam bad foul trouble. OG valid foul trouble. But OG still took on a lot of difficult assignments. You know, he guarded. Blake Griffin for a lot of it, especially in the second half. Uh, Blake, 15 points. 
on six of 13 shooting. Definitely not at his best. I would say that Blake's also coming back from injury, so he didn't look like physically at his best. He wasn't as aggressive as he normally is. And the Raptors double teamed him, but still, OG did a really good job guarding him one on one. Didn't give up too much uh, room in terms of um, the post up. And it's actually kind of funny because OG is definitely more of a small forward than Pascal, who is definitely more of a power forward. But OG has like probably the strongest legs on the team maybe maybe mark but i don't really know even like og's legs are just like you know pistons you know pardon the pun like he he is very very strong in the post and so you know he can even stand up guys like blake griffin only guy that really dominated og this year uh was uh was was not even Giannis. who was it the other night that, that that played him really well i forget there was somebody in the post that just like Ran over OG. Oh, Kawhi. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Forgot about him. Yeah, Kawhi is really strong as well. But, you know, honestly, OG did a pretty good job defensively. And also offensively, he was really hot in the first half. Um, first quarter, he came out completely, you know, just guns blazing. Uh, first possession of the game, the Pistons get lost in transition. I don't even know how you get lost in transition in the first play of the game. It's not even transition. But OG comes in uncontested for a dunk. Um, you know, he, he pulls out the spin move on... Um, his name Tony Snell and scores honestly um, I'm sure Pascal was smiling when he saw that uh, he had Drummond on a switch crossed him up drove right by him no help at the rim two-handed dunk uh, OG also hit some threes including one where the ball kind of got tipped to the backcourt OG went to save it less than five seconds left on the shot clock comes up to the front court launches a 30-foot three and swishes it amazing and also hit a three in the second half. Also had an and one post up over Snell again. Snell, man, <laughs> I can't believe this guy starts. But uh, you know, OG was great. He was great, and he keeps showing you these flashes. I always say with OG, he keeps he keeps showing these flashes. Is he going to be number one guy someday? Probably not. Almost guaranteed not. Is he going to be number two guy? Probably not either. But honestly, like as like right now, he's like the fourth option in the starting lineup. He's very very qualified to be a fourth option, man. He's been very efficient all season. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of like people worried about, Hey, can the Raptors replace like the concern at the point was, was, uh, and was, uh, Danny green, like, can, you know, okay. So Pascal's got to replace a lot of what Kawhi does, you know, at least OG to replace a lot of what Danny green does. Honestly, OG this year, probably better than what Danny green would have given the Raptors, right? Like 11 points per game from him, 50% shooting from the field, 39% from three on almost four attempts per game. Uh, he's also giving you rebounds and assists, you know, a, a more than a steal a game, about a block a game, you know, playing 30 minutes a game. That's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. Um, and you know, I, I know OG and Danny are, are friends. They're close. You know, they're going to go double data at Rabas and stuff like that. But, and you know, Danny really did take uh, OG under his wing a little bit, but honestly, like I, I haven't even thought of Danny that much <laughs> just because of how well OG's filled in his role. And, and he's really stepped into it. Like, for comparison, Danny shot better from three last year. Obviously, forty five point five percent from three. That was amazing. But OG was better from two point range. You know, OG shot fifty percent from the field. Uh, Danny shot forty six percent from the field. OG's averaging eleven right now. Danny averaged ten last year. Uh, you know, OG has more steals, more blocks. You know, more assists, more rebounds. Like, you know, OG's doing the damn thing. So I'm really proud of OG, and I'm very intrigued by. What else he has to show us? Uh, it seems like there is more in the potential there. And then the last guy I want to focus on, Serge Ibaka, man. Yo, this guy had – what? where has this been? Where has this been with, with Serge Ibaka? I'm so happy that he finally played 
up to his potential. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have 25 and 13, uh, you know, the next game out. But especially with Mark going down, Ibaka came in, um, filled in, I would thought, very admirably. Um, he did a really good job guarding Andre Drummond for the most part. One or two possessions here, he got bullied, whatever. I mean, Drummond's way stronger, and Ibaka, you know, is more of a power forward, you know, in terms of his strength. But, man, Ibaka was very good. He stepped up. I mean, he did the work of both Gasol and Ibaka by himself. He did the work of two. Uh, 25 points on 10 of 18 shooting, 13 rebounds. Uh, I loved his energy. From the jump, I thought uh, Pat McCaw, actually, of all people, did a really good job of finding Ibaka, you know, working that pick and roll. McCaw hitting uh, Ibaka with the bounce pack, Ibaka rising up for the jumper, hit those, you know, had a lot of time playing alongside Kyle Lowry and, and filled those. You know, Kyle hit him with a head-to-head pass where Serge Ibaka dunked. You know, Kyle's very good at spoon-feeding Serge. That's why it was a little weird when the two of them weren't clicking early on. It's like, come on, out of all the guys, you two should really click, and they are clicking, and this is back to, you know, what we should normally see from the two of them. But, you know... I, once Ibaka got a couple of shots going, like he started being real active. I love the way he uh, he had, he approached the game offensively. Uh, definitely was not afraid to shoot. I mean, he was second in the team in shot attempts, second in the team in scoring, uh, and especially with Norma, like yo, someone need to take those shots. And on the bench, honestly, no one else on the bench is really qualified to score like that. So Serge really stepped up, and honestly, he got so engaged and so active. This man was beating Andre Drummond for offensive rebounds, and then you know uh, hitting putbacks and stuff like that. You know, like you look at it tonight, seven offensive rebounds on Serge Ibaka against a team like the Pistons, who have pretty, pretty good rebounders, pretty big, you know, bigger across the board than the Raptors, especially without Marcus All in the lineup. Uh, but the Raptors actually, thanks in large part to Serge and also to Kyle, shout out Kyle, by the way, who, who had three offensive rebounds, I think all in the second half. Um, but thanks in large part to Serge, the Raptors actually out rebounded the Pistons um, in terms of offensive rebounds. So, you know. Great stuff. Great stuff. You know, and, and I thought Ibaka brought the energy. And, man, if him and Larry can get going, if Ibaka is in the starting lineup, if Gasol is out for a little bit, you're at least comfortable with the fact that Ibaka can be in there and fill in as a starter. Because we've, we've seen it, man. Ibaka as a starter with Kyle Lowry, like, his scoring number is about to surge. I mean, you know, again, no pun intended. Because, like, yo, those those two really have a nice chemistry together. And I'm, I'm really happy to see it come back. So that was great. And um, the last thing is I got to say, uh, in terms of the KC bucket of the game, uh, tonight I'm going to give it, it's it's a clutch bucket, and it was the silencing bucket, the crowd silencing bucket, where, um, you know, the play, it was in the fourth, actually, you know what, Pascal had two of these KFC buckets, so one of them in the fourth quarter there, Pascal is in front of the Pistons bench, the ball gets kicked out to him, Pascal rises up for three, and as that's happening, a couple guys on the Pistons bench, I don't know who they are, because, I mean, bro, who, who was on the Pistons bench? Um, but they stood up and they like try to yell in his ear and try to disrupt the shot or whatever. I'm sure Dwayne Casey just said a little something too. And uh, Pascal calmly switches it, and then Pascal turns around, and stares him down. And then later in the game, with about what two three minutes left in the game, um, you know the ball swings back out to Pascal, who is a couple of feet behind the three point line. You know, um, and yeah, Pascal rises up, swishes the jumper, and uh, you know. That game made it. That made the game what uh, one ten to ninety six. Raptors had a fourteen point advantage. Uh, it's a twenty seven foot three from uh, Pascal Siakam, and uh, that was it. That was the game. So uh, those are your KFC buckets of the game. Definitely clutch baskets from Pascal in the fourth quarter. And Pascal was 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 on one man. His three point shooting was great. And then the last thing before I go to three stars is uh, I got to give Nick Nurse a lot of credit. 
he had to manage the foul trouble here uh, with his uh, his starting wing players, OG and Pascal, both in foul trouble. More importantly with Pascal. So what Nick Nurse did at halftime was make an adjustment. He took Pascal off of Blake Griffin. Obviously, Blake Griffin uh, is a very physical player. It's very easy to pick up fouls against him. Switched Siakam off Blake Griffin onto Bruce Brown, who is like the least effective defender or least effective offensive player on the floor. Um, you know, shifted everyone else around. Kyle then guarded Luke Kennard. Um, you know, OG then guarded uh, Blake Griffin. You know, made made more sense honestly to have OG against Griffin since OG stronger. But because Pascal was on Bruce Brown, that allowed Pascal to play better help defense because you can kind of leave Brown alone. He's not really much of a scoring threat. And so Pascal was able to get to four blocks and a steal largely because he can just roam around and be a help defender. And that's honestly when Pascal's at his best. His on-ball defense this year admittedly isn't as sharp as it could be. But as a help defender, I mean, you know, he's still, what, like a hyper-athletic Six foot nine forward with like a seven foot three wingspan. Like, yo, this guy can move around and, and do some things defensively and make plays. And, and tonight, I mean, the steal in four blocks was, was really good. And the blocks was really good too because the Raptors needed a way to, um, you know, pack the pain against guys like Griffin and Drummond and needed extra bodies. And Pascal did a really good job of filling in on that front. So, in terms of your three stars, Kyle Lowry, obviously, number one star, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, a block. Uh, in 37, 39 minutes, um, you know, plus 15 from the field. Was he always able to make his own shots? No, not necessarily, especially with the paint being so clogged. But he got to the free throw line, you know, by hook or by crook. Got to eight free throw attempts, uh, you know, hit three threes, and was just very good at, at, you know, just managing all aspects of the game. I really enjoyed this effort from Kyle. Second star, giving that to uh, Pascal Siakam. 26 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, 4 blocks, 10 of 23 from the field, 6 of 11 from 3. I want to see those free throws go up, but ultimately you hit 6 threes. I got no complaints at all with Pascal Siakam. And then your third star, Serge Ibaka, Mafuzi Chef, 25 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 10 of 18 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line. Aggressive, the 7 offensive rebounds, especially against a team like the Pistons with such great uh, rebounders on their team, is very impressive. It's a reflection of... Um, what he can do when he plays with some energy. So uh, I, li- I like this effort from him. I, I-, I want to see more of it. Um, in terms of your uh, Gerald Henderson award, I-, I know I just said Bruce Brown isn't much of a threat, but, you know, as a guy that the Raptors left alone many times, sort of, you know, by design, uh, you know, you know, it wasn't, uh, it-, it didn't always work because, you know, I got to give him credit too. You got to give a guy like Bruce Brown credit because he's getting ignored by the defense. So he's got to be able to sneak around to the right spots to get open. He's a little Rondé-esque in the sense that he does have a very good sense of where to cut and stuff like that. So Bruce Brown, in 20 minutes tonight, 5 of 8 from the field for 12 points. Um, you know, was pretty efficient with his offense. I mean, he had four turnovers. That's not great. But, uh, you know, he, was, he, he, he did annoy me once in a while because he would sneak by and, and you, know, you know, find a crevice and... Uh, you know, whether it was doubling Blake Griffin or doubling Andre Drummond or whatever was going on, Bruce Brown was usually open, and he actually found a couple ways to score. So, shout out to Bruce Brown. And then in your Pat Patterson Award, uh, I guess I'll give it to Blake Griffin. I mean, 15 points, two rebounds, four assists. It's, you know, not nearly Blake Griffin at his best. But I will give that a caveat that Blake's coming back from injury and stuff like that, so he's not 100%. But, uh... Definitely wasn't the best Blake Griffin. We've seen Blake Griffin have some really nice games against the Raptors in a Pistons jersey. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the show. And 
I'll be back on Friday to recap the Raptors game against uh, the Wizards. And also, if you want more podcasting content, I'm also about to record an episode with Assad, the Slender God. So look out for that. That's all going to be on the Raptors Over Everything podcast feed. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.